we know historically that when people can't get them safely through safe medical arenas and avenues that they will seek to do it themselves and that this brings a very high risk of all sorts of complications. All of those things will potentially increase the need for transfusion. It's really just that simple. If somebody needs more blood, we're concerned about the blood supply. Hi, I'm Helen Pitlick, and this is Bloodworks 101, the Anthem award-winning podcast designed to inspire you to give time, money, or blood. You may have seen the title of this episode or read the description and thought, ooh boy, Bloodworks is tackling something complex and controversial. Why should a blood center care? Why get political? Maybe even stay in your lane, vampires. It's actually fairly straightforward. Our mission at Bloodworks is to provide a safe and reliable blood supply for all patients in the communities we serve. And we mean it. Full stop, mic, drop. We provide blood components to nearly 100 hospitals in Western Washington and Oregon without prejudice or judgment. There is no such thing as the right type of patient or ever the question of whether or not someone deserves it. It doesn't matter who these patients are or why they need blood, only that they need it. Our only concern is saving their life. And we owe it to the communities that we serve to speak up when something might impact the blood supply. This is our area of expertise. As Bloodworks co-medical director Kirsten Alcorn explains, the recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to reverse Roe v. Wade has repercussions that may impact local people in need of blood. It's really nowhere near as complicated as you might think it is. Here's Dr. Alcorn. Abortion as a term means more than what we often hear about it in the news. It has true medical indications and it is used as a procedure for lots of indications that may even be outside the control of the person who's pregnant. We use that term abortion, and I've heard a couple of news articles that came from physicians. I've only heard portions of it, so I can't comment a lot, but I think it's an important thing that they've spoken about when they've talked about the term abortion, because in the political arena, of course, it, it's morphed into this very particular and gory kind of term. But abortion as a medical term is a little bit different. Even a miscarriage, right? medically, that's an abortion. And abortions are complete or incomplete or missed or, you know, there's these different variations on what that means. And they don't have anything to do with the intent of the pregnant person. <laughs> they just have to do with the biology of what's going on with the pregnancy. And the physical act of finishing the process or doing it from start to finish is a DNC, a dilatation, dilation and curatage. That means a cleaning out of the uterus. That can be done for a whole lot of reasons. I mean, people have that procedure for just dysfunctional uterine bleeding, having nothing to do with a pregnancy, or if they had retained placenta after a pregnancy. I mean, there are all these reasons to do that exact same medical procedure. This is really not just a cut and dry intention. I want this baby. I don't want the baby or, you know, anything like that. It just doesn't touch any of those issues at all.
And Ectopic is a good example of that where they may not have any idea it's going on and then they have a medical emergency. And that has nothing to do with anybody's choice. It only has to do with saving the life of a pregnant person. Ectopic pregnancies and the idea of abortion is a little bit complicated because they are ectopic pregnancies. Oftentimes they come to clinical light without there having been a pregnancy test or knowledge of a pregnancy. And because the pregnancy is not in the right location, the procedure to resolve it when it presents is not exactly the same. That's an abdominal surgery as opposed to something that goes through the cervix. So that's a little bit different, but the point being that if there's something political going on that makes people not feel safe in seeking any kind of care, if they have any kind of suspected pregnancy, then certainly ectopic pregnancies will go overlooked more commonly than they do now. Typically the way that that situation of an ectopic pregnancy comes to light is through a rupture and with bleeding. Anytime that happens, the patient is at risk for needing transfusion. So if it goes up even a little bit uh, in light of current circumstances, then we would expect to see more of them and therefore more risk to need to supply blood. Now, other forms of pregnancy termination that do go through the cervix, regardless of the reason, whether it's medical for the mother or medical for the fetus or anything about any other type of choice going into the situation, we know historically that when people can't get them safely through safe medical arenas and avenues that they will seek to do it themselves. And that this brings a very high risk of all sorts of complications from uterine rupture to infection, followed by potentially infertility to acute bleeding events. And all of those things will potentially increase the need for transfusion. The most obvious of those is an acute bleeding event. So we have concern about that relative to the blood supply. The blood supply is just enough to get by. It's in a fragile balance all the time where sometimes it doesn't even really feel like it's enough to get by. It's so close to that line that we, we baby it. We take take care of it every single day. And when we have just enough to get through the day, that's not really enough to then manage additional emergencies. So when we start talking about any other kind of medical care coming along that might require more blood to be in the system, we're concerned. And that's the concern here. You know, it has nothing else to do with the sensitive topic or any of the arguments that go into it or around it. It's really just that simple. If somebody needs more blood, we're concerned about the blood supply. If people can't get this care someplace else, they might come here to look for it. And then the whole same cascade of events applies. People either coming here due to emergent circumstances where they don't feel safe in getting that care where they are or coming here for the medical procedure to begin with. 
Remember how I said at the start of this episode that it's really not that complicated? That's only partially true. Blood is an intricate mechanism. Most donors know their ABO blood type, but ABO is just one of many blood groups. One in four of us will need a blood transfusion at some point in our lives, and the need for the best possible match goes up the more transfusions a patient receives, and the more antibodies they're exposed to. For groups already underserved by healthcare in this country, this is an existing challenge, and it's set to get worse. Public health experts tell us that the Roe vs. Wade reversal will disproportionately impact, among many groups, BIPOC people who can get pregnant. We know that there are more Caucasian donors in the blood supply than there are from BIPOC communities. We also know that through those various inheritance lines that the blood group antigens, these little markers that are all over red blood cells, and there are dozens of them, that um, they tend to be different in certain profiles according to our lines of inheritance because these antigens are inherited. And the more any one patient is transfused with blood that comes from a donor of a very different background with a different antigen profile, the more likely they are to be transfused with an antigen that's different from their own. Then they can form an antibody against that antigen. And then when they form the antibody, the only safe transfusion becomes one that's matched to them. And so in the long run, we need to have plenty of blood donors in the blood supply who are from those BIPOC communities in order to serve those patients who have antibodies and who have a, a more closely matched antigen profile. So we need to have that blood in the blood supply. Now that's always the case. There's nothing different about it, except that if more people need to be transfused more, especially early in life in the years of childbearing potential, then they stand a greater chance or risk of becoming immunized and then needing matched transfusions during all of the other healthcare events that we might otherwise anticipate. As always, a robust inventory from donors who truly represent the makeup of the Pacific Northwest is vital. There's currently a need for more donors of all backgrounds, and especially those within our Black and African American communities. We're always looking to expand participation of BIPOC communities in the blood supply, and we would always like it to be there for any patient who needs it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Be sure to subscribe to Bloodworks 101 so you don't miss an episode.